on those logging roads. I must admit, when he first showed up, I was as curious about Darius as everyone else, probably more so since I went by his isolated trailer five times a week. Why would anyone from away, especially a man getting on in his years, come to a place like White Pine? It's so remote up here that most every township within 50 miles is identified by a number instead of a name. Virtually no one lives in places like T13R10WELS, T13R11WELS, and so on and so on. Why would Darius come up here, buy Norm Flagg's abandoned trailer for past-due taxes, and hunker down all alone? The first year I delivered his mail out on Split Ranch Road, Darius and I rarely exchanged a word. Oh, sure, if he was outside blowing snow, cutting grass, or washing his Subaru, we'd give each other a quick nod or a wave. A few times, when I couldn't fit into his mailbox an unusually large batch of those books he was always getting, we exchanged polite hellos at his door. But that was it. Even if he wanted to talk, his yappy little terrier, Solace, made it nearly impossible. At first, I couldn't fathom why anybody would call such a hyped-up Jack Russell Solace. A short time later, I would fully understand. As time went on, I learned many more things from Darius McClure. Things that never entered my mind before I met him, and never would, had I not. Things like why an aging man who'd once been so gregarious and full of life would divorce himself from all of society. Darius's place was the last stop on my route, way at the end of Split Ranch, atop a small hill. The last half of that godforsaken dirt road is so full of ruts and holes, the fillings in your teeth chatter loose if you dare drive too fast. Steering along that thing is a full-body workout. You're constantly zigging and zagging, tapping the accelerator and stomping the brake. When there was a heavy snow or in the spring during mud season, after two feet of frozen earth thawed, there were days I couldn't even attempt to deliver Darius's mail. That road is nothing more than a two-mile bone-shaking swath, meandering through trees so dark, dense, and imposing, you sometimes feel imprisoned. The first time I ever shared anything more than a hint of recognition with Darius back there was in May of 2010. Lucky for him, it was one of those days when his books wouldn't fit in the mailbox. I pulled into his unpaved driveway, parked behind his outback, and killed the engine. As I reached for his Publishers Weekly and the books, I heard the loud, grating buzz of a chainsaw coming from the tree line behind the trailer. Darius was obviously doing some work there. Being a fine, crisp spring day, and since the front door was wide open behind the screen door, I figured I'd just leave everything right there. After plunking the books on the wooden entry deck, I started back down the steps. Again, I heard the rising whine a chainsaw makes after severing a thick branch. That in itself was no big deal, but then 
The machine shut off abruptly, and that was odd. Next came the tell-tale cracking of smaller limbs as a far heftier one made its way to the forest floor. There was a thud. Then there was a holler. Echoing through the woods in all directions, Darius yelled, Oh, shit! At the same time, as if on command, Sala started raising all sorts of holy hell back there. This wasn't the usual incessant barking and yapping she'd do whenever I pulled up to the mailbox or came to the door. This sounded like an entire pack of crazed terriers had just treed an animal, but with three times the urgency and squealing. Beating heels around the trailer, I saw Darius back in the trees, hanging from a thick pine limb about thirty feet up. With his back to me, legs flailing wildly, he yelled at Solace to get the hell out of the way. It was